Hey, Cam. Yes, Alex. Who's ready for story time with Papa Rakes? Okay, it, it's a legit story, right? It's not going to like end in a horrible joke. It's a perfectly legit story. All right. All right. Lay it on me. So, the world's expert on European wasps and the sounds that they make was taking a stroll down his local main street, and, and, and he passed by the record shop. He saw a sign that caught his eye. The sign said, just released, new LP, Wasps of Europe and the Sounds That They Make, available now. Obviously, he wasn't able to resist the temptation. The man went into the shop. He said, I, I'm the world expert on European wasps and the sounds that they make. I'd very much like to listen to the new LP you've advertised in the window. Certainly, sir, uh, said the young man behind the counter. If you'd like to step into the booth and put on the headphones, I'll I'll put the LP on for you. So the world expert on European wasps goes into the booth and puts on the earphones. Ten minutes later, comes out of the booth and announces, I'm the world expert and the sounds on the sounds that they make, and yet I recognize none of those. I, I'm sorry, sir, said the young assistant. If, if you care to step back in the booth, I'll, I'll let you have another 10 minutes. So he goes back in and and listens and listens and listens. And he comes back out. He says, I still I don't recognize any of those. And I, I'm sorry, sir. Perhaps you'd like to step into the booth again. I can give you just five more minutes. Sighing, the, the expert on European wasps and the sounds that they make steps back into the booth. Five minutes later, he comes out again, clearly agitated. He said, I am the world expert on European wasps and the sounds that they make, and yet I have recognized none of the wasps on this LP. I, I'm I'm really, I'm terribly sorry, the, said the young assistant. I, I just realized I was playing you the B-side. I want you to know my face has been my, in my hands the entire time you've been talking. I hate you. Dansby throws to first base. Is this happening? It is! The Atlanta Braves are world champions! Welcome to the Chatting Average Podcast, presented by Sports Drink. Here are your hosts, Pam Matthews and Alex Butler. Now you're all in big, big trouble. Welcome to your friendly neighborhood Atlanta Braves podcast. Welcome to Chatting Average. I am your host, Alex, joined as always by Mr. Cam Matthews. Cam, how are you doing today? What? Shaking, bacon. Oh, not too much. Not too much. We've had a we've had a pretty fun week and, you know, there there's a lot to talk about. But there is there is one thing, one thing that I I decided earlier today we had to lead the show with, Cam. Oh, boy. Do so, tell. So, are you familiar with the work of Buster Olney? Uh, yeah, heard of him. Heard of him. Um, best friends with Arthur on the PBS animated show. Is that correct? Yes, exactly. Okay. <laughs> so, Buster Olney. Are you? Are, okay, okay. Ser- serious question. I do not mean this in in a mean way. Oh God. Are you young enough to actually understand that reference? I do not understand that reference. Okay, I didn't think so. Great. And I, I feel like I just got slammed, but I have no idea how. In, in the nicest of ways possible. Re- regardless, Buster Olney 
tweets out this afternoon, there is a perception in some corners of the industry that if Jacob deGrom follows through with what he said in the spring and opts out of his Mets contract, the Braves will be the favorites to land him. Whoa. Uh, yeah. Whoa. What? What? I. Yeah, what is a proper <laughs> response? Because. I don't even this... know. Like, it's such an exciting thing to think about, but like, it can't be real, can it? I I am I am tempering my expectations on this. Like part of me part of me really just wants to equate this to a big nothing burger. It um, probably is. I mean, and well, and well, and I think I think the thing we all know to, how Alex Anthopoulos typically operates. He wouldn't let something like that get out. I don't think. Right, right. Well, and and I think the thing too is oh, because what does that do but motivate the Mets to to make him a better offer? Well, and it's all contingent on DeGrom actually opting out. And, you know, there there is a huge if in Buster's tweet that I feel like a lot of people are skipping over. I made sure to say the if. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and it's in there. And I, but, I, you know, I think a lot of people are seeing past that and are automatically seeing like DeGrom opt out Braves front runner. Like, uh, I don't but know. Let's let's just fantasize here for a minute, Cam. So 2023, yeah, the Atlanta Braves could theoretically feature a rotation of Jacob DeGrom, Max Freed, Kyle Wright, Spencer Strider, and Charlie Morton. How does that make you feel? I don't know what to do with my hands. That's it's so good. It's so. I honestly think if we put that rotation together, it could rival the rotations of the 90s. Oh, absolutely. Like, I think there is that level of talent in those guys. And we haven't even begun to see the peak of of Max Fried and Kyle Wright and, and least of all Spencer Strider. I'll say this because I'll, I'll put this in the same camp of the, the Carlos Correa rumor. After, you know, or earlier this season where apparently we were linked to him during the offseason or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's it's, it, you know, the, no matter what kind of comes of that, it does feel kind of neat to almost be like. Be the attractive team at this well, point, yeah, like, there, to be the potential suitor, you know, like it, it wasn't more than a year or two ago that we weren't even getting mentioned in rumors. Because it was it was so far out there for us to to go get a, a big name player and and not that we've gone out of our way to do so lately, but you know all of a sudden you win a World Series and and people start taking your team a little bit more seriously. Yeah, I remember like three four years ago where if the Braves didn't trade for like Mitch Haniger, people were going to start jumping off of bridges. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> Do you remember that? Do I you just I, I need to go back on record as saying any uh, any clips you heard of me wanting Madison Bumgarner to be a brave <laughs> uh, that is fabricated audio. Uh, I I never said such a thing. Do you remember that though? Like when everyone was convinced that we were going to get Mitch Haniger? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. 
Scott for Scott's here. You ever want to grow new grass faster? Kind of like when you press the two times playback button on your podcast so you can speed through episodes. Except it's Scott's turf build a rapid grass. You're speeding your way from a thin and damaged lawn to a thicker, stronger one in just weeks. Bit too fast, maybe slow it down, okay. Let's just go back to normal speed. Get a bag of Scott's Turf Builder Rapid Grass today. It grows grass two times faster than seed alone when applied at the new lawn rate subject to proper care. Feed your lawn. Feed it. Like, he was just the guy we were going to get. There was, well, I, I think if you go back even a year or two before that, uh, the first one was Bregman. Before, yeah, yeah. Before Bregman went to the Astros, I like, Everybody was saying, hell, he's the perfect fit. We got to go get Bregman. And then retrospect, that would have been a good move. But um, yeah, I was I was ready for Bregman. I was ready for Hanniger. Luckily, neither of those happened and things worked out the way they did. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, there were there was a there was a lot going on back in, you know, back in old 2017, 2018, where we thought for sure, man, we were just going to make some big moves. Well, I'm I'm starting to feel like that's coming though. Oh, I, I do too. I you know, as I think I think the Matt Olson extension, you know, the trade into the extension was kind of like the first big splash that Anthopolis really right, wanted yeah. to get done. You know, um it is funny. It, do you remember do you remember how like wrapped up a lot of us got into Oh man, maybe we're gonna get Harper. Like, <laughs> do you remember that? I never, I never allowed myself to get too wrapped up in the idea of getting Bryce. I didn't think it would happen. Uh, I did for like a two week period. I, I like to totally convinced myself that Bryce Harper was coming to Atlanta. But oh I no, digress. no, no. Okay, so Cam, uh, one other baseball story that we got to get into. So. There have been new developments in the Freddie Freeman saga. Oh, Jesus Christ. We can't not talk about it, Cam. Uh, I am I am so over this. I am so over it. Oh, I know, but it, it's just it's the gift that keeps on giving. So I, so if you listen to our episode last week, you remember us talking about uh Freddie Freeman returning to Atlanta and and being showered with praise and everything like that. Well, shortly thereafter, we found out that after his meeting with Alex Anthopoulos uh, on their trip to Atlanta, he fired his agent. Because as the story goes, Alex Anthopoulos actually showed him all of the text messages that he didn't know about that his agent was sending to Alex Anthopoulos. So Freddie turned around and fired him. And then the agent comes out and basically calls Freddie a liar uh, and says none of this is happening. No, but it, it was the least believable denial I think I've ever read uh, because right. we all we all know what scumbags agents can be. But but my goodness, Cam, like. How does that sit in in L.A.? Like Everyone in L.A. must just be in shambles over Freddie right now. Uh, according to the timeline, it certainly feels that way. Yes, it does. Um, I, 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 no, go ahead. Okay. Uh, well, okay. Let me let me 
first off, if if in fact Freddie Freddie's agent or ex agent rather did withhold you know the Braves offer information to Freddie yada yada yada. First and foremost, it's technically not illegal um, for those barking about the legality of it. Is it immoral? Sure. Is it legal? Nah, not quite. Um, but, you know, it, it, it is fun. It, like, it has been a fun week in terms of, like, rumor mill, you know, speculation and, you know, really kind of having fun with this whole situation. But I think, you know, I think at the end of the day is that it doesn't necessarily change anything about how everything currently sits. You know, and I've seen a lot of people speculate of, oh, well, what if, you know, what if Freddie demands a trade and blah, blah, blah. It's like, mm, well, none of, that, not, none of that's going to happen. Absolutely no, it's not. It's going to happen. Even if the Braves were so inclined to trade for Freddie, which they absolutely are not, they just don't have what it would take to get him back. Nor would the Dodgers want to eat a good chunk of Freddie's contract like they would have to. Right. No, I, like, I it, now, it's not it's not a it's not a trade situation that would make sense for either side. Now, I will say. Uh, to to kind of turn that point on its head a little bit, I think. That the last week and a half or so, as long as as this Freddie saga uh, has really ramped up, that there's at least an outside chance that Freddie Freeman finishes his contract with L.A., and then comes back to DH for the tail end of Matt Olson's contract in Atlanta. Because that that had a look of a man who wanted to come home. Oh, I mean, I think, I feel like we've called that from day one, though, right? That, you know, come home on a one-year deal similar to what Pujols is doing right now with the Cardinals. Yep. And call it a career, right? You know, I, I, I have... I, you know, I would be almost shocked if it doesn't happen, um, depending on health and, you know, other various circumstances. But, you know, you have to assume if, what, at 38 years old, you know, if he's still perfectly healthy or at least healthy enough to play another year or two, yeah, I absolutely see him coming back to Atlanta. But that's not happening now. And all no. of the speculation and rumor mill doesn't change the fact that Freddie is with Los, Los Angeles. And that's not that's not going to you know, change. Hey, fun fact. Did you know that Dallas Keuchel currently plays for the Diamondbacks? Wait, what? Yeah, Dallas Keuchel currently pitches for the Diamondbacks. Was not aware of that. Thought he was, was maybe either. Thought he was maybe a Charlotte Knight or something like that in the White Sox system. Nope, nope. I am, uh, I am watching him right now in the bottom of the fourth against the Rockies. It is 4-2 wow. Colorado. Yeah. Huh. It still, is still still getting ground balls left and right. Uh, well, he just walked the previous batter. Yeah, that's he the does Dallas have, Keuchel he, I know and love. He does have 69 pitches in the bottom of the fourth inning, though. Nice. Yeah, that does it for, you know, the 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 dramatic stories in baseball. What do you say we uh, we take a look at some stories from years past? Let's do it. And with the bases loaded, Dallas Keuchel just gave up a double to Connor Joe. <laughs> nope, nope, ma- nope, make it a triple. It is now 7-2 Rockies. All right. All right. We are going to jump into this week in baseball history. As always, you can find these facts at nationalpastime.com. And if you're listening to this podcast on the day it has been released, 
Happy Independence Day. It is the 4th of July, everybody. Happy Independence Day, Alex. We will not go quietly into the night. Okay. We not, will uh, not give in without a fight. Hey, this Alex, are you <laughs> is our Independence Day. Hey, Alex, are you free this weekend? I'm free every weekend, Cam. Can, can you edit in like a bald eagle screeching right there? <laughs> can you get me the clip? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> the stupidest thing you've ever done. Didn't you have some, some facts for the people, Cam? <laughs> I did have some facts for the people, and they all happen to fall on July 4th. Our first fact comes to us from July 4th, 1967. Opposing his younger brother, Joe, Phil Necro goes the distance, getting the victory when the Braves beat the Cubs at Atlanta Stadium 8-3. Joining Jesse and Virgil Barnes, who opposed one another five times as starters in the 1920s, the Necros become the second pair of siblings to start in the same major league game. There you go. Has that... I'm trying to think of the last time that happened, like with starting pitchers. There were there were multiple weavers, right? I think so. But I'm not sure if they ever faced each other. Huh. Yeah. I feel like that's I mean, the only time we would have seen two pitchers who were brothers go at, go against each other. Yeah. And, well, and I mean, there was something cool the other week, not pitchers, but um, Aaron and Austin Nola faced off against each other. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that 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 was fun, and I, I saw a clip where. What was uh, the result of the at bat? I gotta imagine, I gotta imagine Aaron struck him out. No, actually, I think no, I think Austin drove in an RBI off of Aaron. No kidding. Yeah, yeah, but I did see, I did see a fun clip where um, their parents were there in attendance, and so they both, both mom and dad had a Padres jersey. And a Phillies jersey, and depending what the situation on the field was, would determine which one they were wearing at the time. Oh, they would switch back and forth. I yeah, thought you were going to yeah. say it was one of those cheesy, like, half-and-half half jerseys. No, 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 no. They were just switching back and forth the whole time. Fun <laughs> times. All right. Our next pack comes to us from July 4th, 1972. In front of a large holiday crowd gathered at Shea Stadium for a doubleheader against San Diego, Tom Seaver takes a no-hitter into the ninth inning for the second time in his career. After getting Dave Roberts to ground out to second base, LaRon Lee singles up the middle to spoil the no-hit bid of the 27-year-old Mets right-hander, who has to settle for his fourth one-hitter when he induces the next batter to hit into a game-ending double play. So, fun fact about this one, was it a couple of weeks ago we talked about classic baseball on the radio on YouTube? Yes, this game is on YouTube. You can listen to uh, listen to the franchise throw a one hitter on New Year or on the Fourth of July in 1972. New Year's Day would be cool if there was a baseball game on New Year's Day. John Cena threw a no hitter. Shane Douglas did. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the franchise I think. No, no, Alex. The franchise was John Cena's cousin. Wait, what? Or was that the trademark? I have no idea it? what you're talking about, but it says in John Cena's theme song that he's the franchise. His time is now. Okay, okay. I I was mistaken. So John Cena's cousin that also rapped with him was named the trademark. 
John Cena had a cousin that he rapped with? Yeah, you didn't have John Cena's rap album back in the day? No. Oh, man, I'm going to send you some links tonight. Yes. Love it. (laughs) All right. Our next fact comes to us from July 4th, 2021. Nope. Nope. Sorry. Hang on. Last year, Max Freed walks off. (laughs) Yeah, that did happen. Uh, No, our next fact comes to us from July 4th, 1985. The Mets outlast the Braves, finally winning the game 16 to 13 in 19 innings after Rick Camp, a weak hitting hurler with an who's 60 average and 83 strikeouts in 167 at bats, hits an improbable two strike, two out homer off Tom Gordon to tie the game in the bottom of the last frame. Shortly after the game ends at 3:55 in the morning, the approximately thousand, the approximate 1,000 fans left in Atlanta Fulton County Stadium stay to see the pre-dawn fireworks which awaken and frighten many of the ballpark's neighbors. Wow. This is still like the most banana story to me that a <laughs> baseball game lasted almost four in the morning. I guess that was done, right before the local noise ordinances went into effect. And you know Ted Turner was just up there in his suite, and they're like, Mr. Turner, the game's finally over. We're going to skip the fireworks, right? Got to We're going to shoot button. them off. Press the button. <laughs> Hit the button, Sam. We're going to shoot them off. <laughs> That's my Ted Turner, in case you were wondering. I know it's like I know what his actual voice sounds like, but Ted Turner should have had like a deep, evil voice. He should have. Inst- <laughs> instead, this he sounds like a, 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 if he gave a squirrel a billion dollars. Pretty much. Captain Planet. All right. Our final fact comes to us from July 4th, 2021. With the selection by his peers to be a hurler in the Midsummer Classic and being the fans pick to be the designated hitter in the contest, Angel's right-hander Shohei Otani becomes the first to be an all-star at both a position player and a pitcher. The 27-year-old will start the course field contest throwing a perfect first inning for the win going 0-2 batting leadoff as the DH in the American League's 5-2 victory over the senior circuit. My my favorite thing, I, one of my favorite things I saw this week was someone had uh, had put out an updated list of all of the American League top vote getters for the All-Star game. Uh-huh. And it had it broken out into, you know, there was uh, there was infielders and then a list and then outfielders and then a list and pitchers and then a list. And there was a category that was just Shohei Otani, and the one name was Shohei Otani. <laughs> I, you know, every year he's healthy, he's going to be an All Star. It's 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 going to be unavoidable. And I I feel bad. I almost feel bad for doubting the guy when he first came onto the scene, because well, I, I mean, was at, I was absolutely one of those that said, "There's no way. There is no way this works." And by God, it works. It 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 works pretty well. <laughs> what what was it? What was it a couple of weeks ago that like what was it over one game or two games he amassed like three WAR in that time frame? Yeah, it was crazy. He had a stretch where he allowed like a small handful of hits and had like a dozen RBI in a couple of games. Three WAR. 
It takes some guys an entire season. Joey Gallo might not even hit three war this season. And there are three war players who had good seasons. Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Appreciate what Shohei is doing right now because we may never see something like this again in our lifetime. I just I cannot wait for the Angels to come to town. Oh, man. It's uh, I'm going to get to see Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, please, unless they pull an NBA on us and rest their starters. You might uh, you might actually get me to Atlanta for a series against the Angels. Come on now. I mean, gotta, gotta, gotta get me down there somehow. Whenever Cam gets to Atlanta, we're going to record a show at the battery and we want everyone listening to this to show up. Yeah. Yeah. We need a, we need a live audience. That'd be, that'd be great. That would be fun. You know, I, I really hope they bring back chop fest or something next year. Yeah. Some kind of preseason like festival. Cause man, if they do that, we could have, we could have a meet and greet. That'd be cool. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. yeah, just wash your hands before you come talk to me. Anyway, <laughs> that has been. Says Cam week. Matthews, who lives in the dirt in North Carolina. It's, it's sand. Thank you. That has been this week in baseball history. Do with that useless knowledge what you will. All right, guys, we'll be right back to recap the last week for the Braves and see what's coming up in the week ahead. All right, it's been another really good week for the Atlanta Braves, but unfortunately, because we recorded last Sunday during the day before the evening game, we have to talk about the third game of the Dodgers series first. So we had Spencer Strider on the mound against Tony Gonsolin, and Spencer Strider went out and threw one of his best games as a professional athlete. He went six innings, allowing only five hits, no earned runs, and struck out seven while Tony Gonsolin went five and two-thirds, allowing five hits, one earned run, walked two, and struck out five. So, it was going really well. And then the game ended. (laughs) The Braves were up two to nothing going into the ninth inning, had Kenley Jansen on for the save. Kenley Jansen gets the Dodgers down to their final strike, on two separate occasions, and the Dodgers managed to tie it up in the ninth. Trace Thompson, that's Clay Thompson's brother, for those of you keeping score at home, singled to shallow right, scoring Gavin Lux and Chris Taylor, tied the game, and we went to extra innings. And as you all know, we don't really like extra innings. So, of course, extras started with Freddie Freeman hitting a an RBI double to give the Dodgers a 3-2 to two lead. But in truly poetic nature, Matt Olson comes back in the bottom of the 10th and has an RBI single to tie the game back up at three. But then we get to the 11th. The Dodgers tack on two more, end up losing five to three in a game we absolutely should have won. Yeah, and you know... You're going to have for Spencer Strider, really, most of all, because he he pitched his ass off. It does. It does. And, you know, you're going to have games like that throughout the season. Like there there are going to every team has a game or two or three that you absolutely should have won. And this was one of those. 
Um, I guess the bright side to look at it on that day is that the Mets lost, so you didn't lose any ground, and you know, you you were com- you were competitive the entire weekend essentially. Um, okay, not so much the Friday night game, but yeah, yeah, that one stunk. Uh, I went to bed as soon as it went to extra innings. <laughs> I was upset. Yes, that was uh, that was not fun. But anyway, you know, losses happen. You flush that one, come back and try to get it the next day. So we get back into division play after uh, after dropping the series to the Dodgers at home. Uh, we head to Philadelphia for three three games against the Phillies. And for game one, we had Charlie Morton going up against Zach Wheeler. Both pitchers were solid. Neither of them were really locked down. Morton went five and two thirds, allowing two earned runs, struck out five, but did walk four. Wheeler went six and a third, allowing five hits, three earned runs, walked one, struck out eight. Luckily, the Braves uh, were able to get a couple of long balls off of Wheeler with Travis Darno hitting one in the first and Matt Olson going back to back with him. Uh, so the Braves race out to an early two to nothing lead. And that almost held up. Uh, the the Phillies didn't uh, didn't match that until tying the game at three in the seventh before the Braves come back in the eighth and the ninth and take advantage of a weak Phillies bullpen uh, to grab the win. So that one was a lot of fun. Got a little bit hairy late, but uh, but managed to pull that one out. Yeah, yeah. Um, good, good first win, I, I would say, against a Philly team that is – we're starting to – kind of find their own and then Bryce Harper went down last weekend. Yeah, I mean obviously that you want Yeah, you want to beat teams at full strength and and regardless of the team that he plays for, you, you don't like seeing an MVP caliber player go down to injury. I would much rather he be on the field and underperform. <laughs> I know you didn't mean to. <laughs> I, I so, did chuckle a little bit at that response. Like, not I'm not laughing at the guy for getting hurt, but I was. It was at pretty it. funny because of how angry he looked when he was like saying, "No, man, it's cool." <laughs> I know you didn't mean to. You're a really nice guy, and I know you didn't do that on purpose. Love it. <laughs> so Braves win game one of the Philly series five to three. Come back the following night. We have Kyle Wright on the mound going up against Ranger Suarez. Kyle Wright twirled another gem going seven innings, allowing only three hits, giving up one earned run, did walk three, struck out four. Meanwhile, Ranger Suarez went six and two thirds, allowing six hits, four earned runs, walked two, struck out seven. Had Duvall get another home run and a, a couple of RBIs, so that was a that was a good thing to see from him. It was a low scoring game, so uh, so that Duvall home run ended up being the uh, the game winning the game winning run. Uh, Braves end up winning four to one. Will Smith comes in and gets the save. All around a good game. Only uh, player you had any trouble with was Reese Hoskins. He he had a really good game for the Phillies, but all in all, solid win for the Braves. Take the first two in Philly. You've won the series. You get to come back and try to sweep. Yeah, Reese Hoskins did have a really good game. Still has horrible spelling, but had a really good game. Absolutely. <laughs> how, how, okay. How do you get R-H-Y-S? Man, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. There are anyway. many things. There are many things I dislike 
about the city of Philadelphia and how Reese spells his name is one of them. <laughs> well, another thing to dislike about the city of Philadelphia is the third game of the Phillies Braves series. <laughs> oh, boy. Another game that is not fun to talk about. Ian Anderson was up on the hill for the Braves going up against Aaron Nola for the Phillies. So we know Nola is always going to be solid against the Braves. We needed Ian Anderson to come out and pull his weight. And that unfortunately did not happen. Uh, Ian only gets through two innings, allowing seven hits, seven earned runs, only recorded one strikeout and had a walk as well. Meanwhile, his counterpart, Aaron Nola, goes seven innings, allowing seven hits, four earned runs. Eight strikeouts against one walk. Yeah, that one uh, that one got out of hand in a real hurry. It really did. Uh, yeah. the, the, it, the, it, was, it was a it was a laugher by the third inning. Yes, I'm sorry. But I started hiccuping. Um, <laughs> I, I cut you off, you lush. So I'm drinking water. Um, Oh, yeah, cat- sure. I, I, I took clear bottles of liquid to high school, too, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an old man. I don't need to hide my liquor anymore, sir. <laughs> That's fair. So the Phillies put up seven runs in the second inning, and this was the kind of game that by the time I got home from work, I did not feel the need to turn it on. Uh, yeah, you know, Ian Anderson, nice guy, gave us the rest of our Thursday evenings to do whatever we wanted. Exactly. Although I did tune back in late in the game because did you see who pitched uh, who pitched the eighth for the Braves? Mike Ford, wasn't it? Mike Ford. We had us a Ford Fiesta on the mound in Philly. Mike Ford with his, uh, I think, second career pitching appearance. Well, uh Goes one inning complete, allowing two earned runs, no strikeouts, and one walk, taking his ERA for the season to an even 18. Like it. Like it. <laughs> do so love seeing I position guess... players pitch, and I feel like the Braves don't do that a lot. So even though we lost, it's still kind of fun to see uh, a Mike Ford take the mound. For sure. So I guess I guess with this game, we kind of uh, kind of need to bring up the the Casey Motter news. Ah, uh, yes. I had conveniently put that out of my mind while we were recording, but um unfortunately uh any of you who have ever been to an Atlanta Braves game would immediately recognize the voice of a man named Casey Motter. Uh not too many of us really knew his name uh up until recently, uh but when you go to a Braves game and that game is about to start and you hear this big booming voice over the loudspeakers that says, hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Truist Park. That was Casey Motter, and unfortunately, Casey Motter passed away. Uh, and it's it's going to be really weird going to games and not hearing his voice. He was he was really the unsung hero of of the Braves in-game experience for for years and years. I think he first took the position in 2007. Yeah. Yeah, I mean he was he was the in-house voice uh, of the Braves. For a lot of us it's it's the only voice we know 
you know, and that we associate with going to a game in person. I, I, I brought quite this frankly, up. there's only a small handful of Braves games that I ever went to where he wasn't the voice of the Braves. Yeah, yeah. And I, I bring this up, you know, during during the game three roundup, you know, because this was the day that the news broke. But uh, to give Philadelphia credit before the game, they did have a moment of silence in Philadelphia for for Casey. Philadelphia did so good on them. And and so did uh, Cincinnati as well, our, our next series. So hats off to both of those organizations for uh, for recognizing Casey. Um I, I I know the Braves will do so in some way. Uh, I I really hope they figure out a way to to keep to keep that signature uh, welcome baseball fans in there. That was just just really cool. Like yeah, I, I'll 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 be able to hear that man's voice in my head as long as I live. Yeah yeah it it uh it's definitely gonna be gonna be very very different. Um just. Unfortunate, um, but, you know, hate, just hate that it happened. Absolutely. So, ah, heavy load there, but uh, but we got to get back into baseball. So, Braves head to Cincinnati after taking that tough loss to Philly and, uh, and look to turn it around, and my goodness, did they. We had Max Freed going up against Mike Miner in an all-Braves legends matchup. Yeah, buddy. Max Freed was absolutely Max Freed on this night. He went seven innings, allowing five hits, one earned run, struck out four, and didn't walk a single batter. Uh, Mike Miner, on the other hand, went six innings, allowing six hits, two earned runs, three strikeouts, also didn't walk a batter. So a very well-pitched game on both sides, at least at least for the starters. Uh, luckily, the Braves' bullpen held up well, but the Reds... The Reds do not have much of a bullpen, ladies and gentlemen, and we are discovering this because, like I said, the Reds starter allowed two earned runs. The Reds bullpen allowed seven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I think I found the problem. Got a got a homer, a, a homer, a double, and a single from Swanson. He was a triple short of the uh, of the cycle. After we were all hearing from uh, from from speculators online saying that he was going back into one of his patented slumps, he turns around and gives us a four for five night. So great outing from news of my death has been great, greatly exaggerated. Yes. Great outing for Swanson. Riley gets his 19th home run of the season. Uh, Just an all around great game. Fun, fun one if you're a Braves fan. Absolutely. So come back for the next game. We got Spencer Strider back on the hill looking to match that great outing he had against the Dodgers. Uh, Tyler Malley on the mound for the uh, for the Reds. Strider goes six innings, allowing one hit, one earned run, uh, walked one and struck out 11. And that and that one hit was like the cheapest little 58 miles an hour off the bat bloop you've ever seen. Yep, absolutely. It was. So Strider's uh, ERA for the season is now 287. Uh, not bad for a rookie who's made seven starts in the big leagues. I like it. He's, yes, uh, he's pretty good. Riley comes in with a homer in the second for his 20th of the season, and then again doubles later. Uh, also get an RBI double from uh, from William Contreras. Again, another all-around great game. Uh, the Braves win 4-1. to one. 
another another solid win and the Mets lost today so we pick up another game so ladies and gentlemen on June 1st of 2022 the New York Mets were 10 and a half games ahead of the Atlanta Braves in the NL East as we're recording this today is July 2nd just one month and one day later and the Mets only have a two and a half game lead on the Braves. In a day and a month, the Braves picked up eight games on the oh Mets. Boy. <laughs> and, and 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 just to put a bow on on the Atlanta Braves June of 2022, guys, I, I want everyone listening to this to truly appreciate the the month of baseball we just got to watch because. Uh, it is it is no exaggeration. It's a statistical fact that the Braves matched the best month that the Atlanta Braves have had since moving to Atlanta. Yeah, they absolutely I, I have. have said it before this season, and I'm going to say it again. We are the reigning champs and we are playing incredible baseball right now. I don't think you can name a time where it was better to be a Braves fan than it was right now. It it was a heck of a month. It you know there. Fun fact: if the Braves can win tomorrow, yes, if the Braves can win tomorrow, that'll be their third win in a row, and it will be their second longest winning streak of the season. <laughs> the other thing is, how like, the hell have we not won three in a row at some point other than the fourteen game win streak? I mean, as good as June was, it's really easy to forget how bad April and the first part of May were. Um, but they were pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, did we split a four-game series with the Reds to open the season? We did. Max yeah. Freed started 0-1 after that first game. Yeah, that was that was bad. That was real Can bad. Can we talk about Max Freed for a second? Let's please. Uh, Dave Roberts was right. Yeah. Dave Roberts was absolutely right when he opened his notoriously big mouth and said, Max Freed is the best left-hander in baseball. It's it, and you We you reached almost, out to Clayton we reached out to Clayton Kershaw for comment but haven't heard back yet. Well, he's gotten so used to playing second fiddle, he's now actually going to try to play <laughs> second chair second chair oboe. That's that's his That's his new new pursuit. Yes. I'm gonna, what, gonna check what, the cr- oboe. I'm gonna check the oboe reference off of my chatting average bingo card. Bada boom. That that has to be the first time we've ever brought up the oboe, right? I, I think so. You know, I kind of want to almost play like chatting average Mad Libs, where our listeners give us like a word or phrase that at some point during an episode I have to incorporate in each week. Oh, we can do that. We can absolutely do that. And and like not just not just say it, like have to work it into conversation somehow. I like it. I like it. Just randomly talking about like chicken frittata or something like that. Because Right. Yeah, yeah. But no, okay, so you could only you could almost argue that Friday night, Max Freed was not even at his sharpest and still had a hell of an outing. Absolutely. The, the man is I, I mean, he's that guy now. Like, even if he doesn't have his stuff, he knows how to battle through it. The man is eight and two on the season. Yep. And a very real Cy Young contender. 
Uh, sub, I think sub three ERA. I think he's only a tenth of a point of WAR behind Sandy Alcantara, which is wild to think about because Alcant Sandy Alcantara is having like a ridiculous season. He really is. Like go like if you look at his stats, he is having like I I still think if you know I, I still think he's got it. If he keeps More his than, stats up, he he'll he'll probably have it. But I I would not be the least bit surprised to see him you know fall off a little bit and have Max take that mantle. Well, I mean, just this past week, Sandy threw his uh, the first complete game of his, of the season. But I think in his past nine starts, he's at least made it to the seventh inning. I mean, this this dude is bananas. You know what to do, A. Eh? Lock him up. Lock him up. Lock him up. All right, guys. So we have, like I said, we are recording this on Saturday evening. So we still have the Sunday game against the Reds. A 140 start time with Charlie Morton on the mound up against Luis Castillo. An interesting name who has been kicked around as a, a possible candidate for, if the Braves are trying to pick up a starter. So we'll we'll get a little sneak preview of uh, of Luis Castillo there. On Monday, we come back home for a, a fairly long homestand. We've got four games with the St. Louis Cardinals up first. Kyle Wright will be on the mound Monday, July 4th, a 7:20 start going up against Dakota Hudson. Wednesday the uh, sorry, Tuesday the 5th. We have another 7:20 start with Ian Anderson on the mound against Andre Palante, a pitcher I have never heard of. On Wednesday, we have a 7 o'clock start with Max Freed taking the mound up against Miles Michaelis. Thursday the 7th, another 7:20 start. Spencer Strider is on the mound up against Matthew Liberatore, a name I'm certain I butchered. We go back to division. We should really play. keep politics out of baseball. Out. <laughs> we we go back to division play on Friday with Washington coming to town. We've got Charlie Morton up against Eric Fetty in Game One of that series, a 7:20 start. The Saturday game is a 4:10 start here in Atlanta with Kyle Wright up against Patrick Corbin, and then to wrap up the week, we have a Sunday 1:35 start. Ian Anderson will be on the mound up against Paulo Espino. So that is your lineup for the week, guys. You have your marching orders. Those are all your game times. Go make sure you're in front of a TV every single day to watch the Braves. That is going to do it for this week's episode of the Chatting Average Podcast. But before we go, we have to remind you that we are brought to you by Sports Drink. Sports Drink is your digital water cooler, a newly created internet community that is trying to find the intersection of sports and whatever else is out there. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. Go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at sportsdrink, spelled like sportsdrink, just without the vowels. So that is at S-P-R-T-S-D-R-N-K. Just make sure you close that door behind you because we are trying not to let the funk out. Cam, I'm going to be, I'm going to be, off the show next week, so do not let the funk out while I'm away. I give no promises. All right, guys. Well, that is going to do it for Chatting Average for this week. For Mr. Cam Matthews, my name's Alex. We will see you all next week for another brand new episode. Bye.
has been the Chatting Average Podcast, brought to you by Sports Drink. Be sure to check out our merchandise store at teespring.com slash stores slash Chatting Average Podcast. And please consider becoming a patron of our show at patreon.com slash Chatting Average. We'll see you next week for another brand new episode. <laughs>